0: Today's guest is Dr. Linda Salvin. Now, Linda has had three near-death experiences, and today we're going to learn about them. Linda, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you giving me some of your time, and welcome.
1: Thank you, Jeff. I've been looking forward to this. Thank you for having me.
0: All right. So um, you have had three near-death experiences. Um, Maybe we should start with the most impactful one, or do you want to go in order chronologically?
1: I think you should go in order because each one was different. The first was a commercial airline plane crash on February 17th in 1981. I slid down the ramp when the plane crashed to avoid collision with another plane taking off on the same runway. Probability of all of us surviving was a million to one, 10 million to one. I forget the numbers now, so many years ago. Mm -hmm. But as I slid down the ramp, I had an out-of-body experience and I heard voices. I saw the light. But I was split in half for four months. I was out of my body for four months hmm. in uh, 1981. In 1982, I was driving my car, a fire truck hit me, had another out of body experience near death. And I became psychic the day of the plane crash.
0: Let's just start with the plane crash and tell me more about that.
1: Well, I was on company business, working for an insurance company. I have a master's in public health epidemiology from Michigan in 1977, and I was on company business in Northern California. I'm in Southern California. My partner and I were doing ethylene oxide uh, sampling in a hospital for the insurance company, and then the autoclave that we were testing was in, uh, was opened by staff members and invalidated our work. So we went back to the airport. And as we were sitting in the coffee shop, I pointed to the plane and I said to my partner, doesn't it look like it could crack there? And he looked, he said, you're just tired, but I saw a fuelage or an exhaust settlement beyond the wing of the plane. And an hour and a half later, it sort of cracked in half when we crashed. Wow. It was my first vision.
0: Wow. So did you... were you just like going down the runway and it cracked no, before you took no, off? Or no, how not went at off?
1: all. Not at all. No, 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 no. We were, you know how they circle with traffic and then we started to descend and we didn't quite hit the ground. Then we hit the ground. Then we went back up, hit the ground, went up again. And then we went skidding off the pavement onto the grass. The landing gear was stripped and engine fell off and the plane cracked in half. Wow. It's online, flight 336 from Air Cal, Mm. February 17th, 1981. I was in the hospital for four days. I had an out-of-body experience. I saw the light. I became psychic. I had a Christ awakening. All that you hear from other people is real. Mm. Went through it. Didn't have anybody to talk to because the internet didn't even exist back then. And this was not something to talk about and be understood. It was frightening.
0: Had you had even heard of near-death experiences before then?
1: Never. Never.
0: So you said
1: strictly science, doing my job, mm-hmm. having dinner, dating—you know, just mm-hmm. life. I right. had no idea about the spiritual world, metaphysics. I mean, we played—you know—you read your daily astrology. That was about the extent yeah. of my knowledge, right? Or play with numbers. What's your sign? What's your number? But as far as the depth of metaphysics, which I ended up getting a PhD in not until many years later after all of the psychic stuff happened to me.
0: You mentioned that you had a Christ awakening. What was that?
1: Yes. A month after the plane crash, I was staying at my parents' house. They had left for Europe, and I was upstairs in one of the bedrooms. I'm Jewish, and I remember staring at the wall and out of the wall, came this cross, hit me in the forehead, and I thought, oh, my God, now I'm a Jew for Jesus. <laughs> and I threw the covers over my head. I got really scared. I didn't know what it was. And then I looked, and this light literally shone on the wall. It sparkled like it flashed. And I went to sleep. So I saw something that confirmed I'd had a spiritual experience with this plain thing. It took me six years to recuperate, the first six years. Mm-hmm. But during that time, it was one thing after another and two other accidents. and The average person doesn't survive even one, and I've gone through three.
0: Right. So
1: it, it was pretty um, traumatic. Couldn't go to sleep, couldn't wake up, PTSD to the max, horrible, what, loud noises.
0: What do you mean by you were half in and half out of your body for four months?
1: I stand five feet eight. When I came down the ramp. I hit my knees. When I got to the door of the plane, I said to the stewardess, I said, where are the stairs? Because I was so in shock. I hit my head on the seat in front of me. Seat came out of the floor. And she just tapped me on my shoulder, pushed me down the ramp. I hit my knees, started running. I was on the field, didn't know where I was going. When I stopped running, I panned. So I saw the freeway, what's called the 405 here in Southern California. This was John Wayne Airport. And I looked around, and I started seeing the beacons of light where I guess the um, uh, ambulances were. And I went this way, and I could see the uh, the, the hangars, and I could see the uh, buildings of the airport. And then I kept turning, and then I saw the plane on its belly on fire. I said, oh, my God, I just survived a plane crash. It, it, it's too big to even think. Yeah. But... A part of me was like 40 feet, 50 feet out of my body on the left and five feet, eight on the right. And it stayed like that for about four months. Mm -hmm. So I was split in half. I used to tell people I'm split in half. I told doctors. I told friends. I told my family. Nobody could relate to what I was saying because it's not a cuckoo. It did. But I was out of my body. A uh, psychic later told me I was a walk-in, which means a spirit, a psychic uh, soul comes in to exchange the souls, to do a lesson or to become psychic. And I said, "Well, I was just in a plane crash," mm-hmm. and um, this this split in half feeling, like I said, lasted until almost summer. My dog's stuck. I'm sorry. Um, That's
0: okay, you can, <laughs> the, her. you can unstick her. You can if you want.
1: Yeah, she's uh, she just went under to cool off. Anyway. Um, So I was out of my body for four months. I became very, very psychic. I didn't understand it. Everything I heard, saw was magnified tenfold. It wasn't me who got on the plane that morning in in Southern California to go to Northern California. And By the time I got to the hospital, I was transformed. And it was just the beginning. This is now 40 years and two months down the road.
0: When you felt like you were half out of your body, did you have like, a different type of perception like you could see i did everything. it's like being
1: a cyclops think of a cyclops i saw life from five feet eight and i saw life from 40 feet above 50 wow. feet above wow. so i saw the spiritual side i saw the physical side i saw the mental side i got to see different dimensions as one it was odd And no one to talk to without them thinking I was nuts. But Mm. no, as years went by in research or talking to people or the evolution of the New Age movement, which I don't like that term, um, and I'm not a part of the New Age, but Mm. through the experiences of trying to figure it out, I learned how to identify the experience, which Mm. was rare.
0: So I guess at, at a certain point, you kind of all came back inside your body, right? You're not-
1: six years. Six yeah, years. took six years. That's what I'm saying. To integrate, mm-hmm. took a six-year process. Mm-hmm. The first four months were the worst of that split. Mm-hmm. I documented it in journals. I've got boxes of journals with all this mm-hmm. stuff. I've written the book. I just haven't published it. Yeah. Um, a year after the plane crash, I was going over what we call the canyon here in Los Angeles and a fire truck lost their gear shift and pounded in my car. I had another out of body experience and the mm. whole thing took me out again. I mm. hadn't even recovered from the first and then I got this mm. and um, I saw the light again and I was holding on to the steering wheel. The fireman got out of his truck and I started laughing and crying at the same time. I, he said, are you okay? I said, oh, yeah, last year I in a plane crash and I'm getting hit by fire trucks. I mean, it became a joke, but mm-hmm. it was frightening, Jeff. It was frightening. Yeah. Wow. It was scary, like the world's coming down on me, and I didn't know. And then two years after that, um, and with your medical background and chiropractic background, I had horrible um, elbow injuries, and I ended up having... Um, Surgery 25 years later to fix what had happened. But in 1984, I totaled a car on a rainy night here in LA. I was headed southbound and a car was going westbound. We get the intersection. And if God is my witness, you might get chills or your audience. I mm. said, I just want to go home. Mm. And out of nowhere, I was driving a Camaro back in '84. White light went through my head into the ceiling of the car, into the heavens. And the same voice that spoke to me coming down the ramp of the plane, which I hadn't heard until that accident. They said, you can come with us now or stay and do. And I was given a message. And I saw the tunnel. I saw the light. I could have gone. And I chose to stay. Next thing I know, the paramedics were knocking on the window to get me out of my car. And When I was on the uh, pavement of the street, I remember two or three paramedics before they took me to UCLA emergency, I said, they want me off the planet, they want me off the planet. Because <laughs> I finally saw a vision of my brain. It's like if you have a cookie cutter, and you having studied anatomy, physiology, and everything about the body, the spheres of the brain, the mind became vivid like a picture you'd see in an anatomy book. I saw mental, physical, spiritual, emotional sides of the brain. And I had this big light of being. And then I was in the hospital for 24 hours till somebody came to pick me up. But those experiences I've learned were the initiation to my new career, which over the last... 30 years was radio, broadcasting, psychic, healing. I channeled for 22 years. I stopped. I don't communicate with the dead anymore. It's too much. Mm -hmm. Started a uh, candle magic line. I still work, but it all led me into metaphysics and broadcasting and really proving that there's something beyond what we know in -hmm. the physical world.
0: Who do you think the being was that spoke to you those two times? It was God. God.
1: It wasn't a relative. Mm. It doesn't have a name. It's just a voice that is so distinct in me. And it wasn't just a psychotic break or a neurological hit on the head because you read everything. Everybody's got an opinion from neurology, psychology, immunology, whatever. The metaphysicians. I know what I heard. I know how I felt. I know what I saw. I know how I've changed and went from fragmented to integration. And had I not gone through it and read about this or heard somebody like me, I think they were nuts, <laughs> but I left it. Yeah.
0: During any one of your experiences, did you encounter any angels, guardian angels, beings, um, anything?
1: Not until like the Christ awakening a few days after the plane crash or a month later, and then only... Not so much in the fire truck because it happened so quickly, and then the captain or driver, you know, one of them. There, there wasn't enough time to really examine what was going on. It was just that I was hurt, mm-hmm. and I was laughing and stunned because I was still recuperating from being in a seven thirty-seven crash. Mm-hmm. Then this with a big host, a ladder truck. I mean, a big truck and then the thump and then my car and and it was all smashed and my, my body and, and, and trying to comprehend the shock. Mm -hmm. But when I totaled the car and I had the white light, I saw angels. I saw, I don't know, not really an angel with wings, but there's figurines and white gowns or beautiful Garb. I don't even know how to define the. It's not a jacket or a coat or a cloak. It's just an image of this white, floaty, mystical, safe, protective energy, but Mm -hmm. in forms that you might call an angel or you might call a deceased relative or friend. I don't know what to call it. Mm -hmm. I didn't touch it. And all I heard was you can come with us now or stay and do, and I was given the message. So I stayed. I'm here still.
0: Um, I think. You, yeah. <laughs> Unless we're both not here. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, we may be there, but we don't really know it. <laughs>
0: yeah. In what other ways did these experiences transform you?
1: Oh my goodness, what a question. That's brilliant. <sighs> I, I, I Open to God, I open to synchronicity, mm-hmm. I open to unconditional love, I open to uh, as much as I want money and success and big checks. It opened me up that none of it matters. It doesn't have the same. And as we talk, there's a plane flying over, every mm-hmm. time I talk about this, a plane goes over. It's kind of like God saying, "Here we go, okay. um, confirmation." It's, it's, it's confirmation, it's, it's, it's identification, it's being in the flow, it's watching the universal synchronicity as to who, what, when, how, why things happen as opposed to, okay, get up, go to work, had a bad day, have dinner, watch the news. It's not so remote. It's very, at times it gets really lonely because not everybody's at this frequency. I train a lot of psychics. They come to me, I'm more accurate than most psychics I've ever read. I never believed I was a psychic till this woman once told me I was a psychic and then she said whatever entered you is a psychic and I'm known all over the world as a psychic and I'm almost 95% accurate. I won't claim 100%. Nobody should, but I'm pretty accurate. Hmm. And it opened me to see, well, after I had some surgery in 1996, I had 100 tumors removed from my hips and thighs from healing so many people because the fire truck led me to some surgery and I, I I, started healing people just with my hands long before I heard about Reiki. It's not Reiki. I, I have a lot of testimonies. One girl had 26 different personalities, MPD, and her mother flew in from Arizona to thank me because I put it back into one personality. So I have a gift that heals people. Um, but I used to take that energy and put it back in my body, like just clean my hands or go but then I ended up having 100 tumors removed from my Mm -hmm. hips and thighs and then one day I just put my hands down saw the hand print of fingers I equated my work with putting it back in but when the tumors were out I started channeling dead people so each incident took me to another level of gifts, experience, ability. So I went from the plane crash to becoming psychic, to the fire truck to becoming more psychic, to the near-death, becoming more spiritual and psychic. It just kept, I call it the initiation, because I don't know what else it is. It's like being a shaman, being opened and and prepared. Kind of like what we're going through with COVID. It's, 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 It's the same initiation, and we're being prepared, and we're going through a tunnel we're not sure about yet until we evolve. Mm-hmm. It's a very similar shamanic thing. Mm-hmm. It changed me because I ended up in radio. I've been on TV. I've been in movies. It's not where I was headed. Mm-hmm.
0: So were these tumors like, maybe like little benign growths in your skin? Or they you
1: were kind of, angio, um, what are they called? I like can't some, remember. Some
0: anymore. kind of And
1: Angiolipomas because each, each tumor had its own blood supply.
0: Oh, okay, lipoma. They're like little fatty tumors.
1: Yeah, but I didn't have them before all the healing work. Mm -hmm. And then they had the blood supply, so they had to come out. I had three surgeries, 86, 87, and 89.
0: That's amazing that you made that connection, that you would wipe your hands on your legs.
1: Because I saw the scars after the stitches came out. Mm -hmm. I saw scars like in the format of my fingers. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, my God. And I started seeing... You know, you just go like this because you're tired and you just want to get rid of stuff. Or Even when you were doing chiropractor, I'm mm-hmm. sure you could, you, you'd you you be empathic enough to pick up your, your patient's energy and you just, you know, you got to straighten it out before you see the next person. Mm-hmm.
0: But I put it all back inside. Now, you mentioned that you were Jewish. Are you yeah, Christian? Of
1: course now? I am. No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I don't identify with religion much at all. I'm spiritual. That's metaphysics. It just is. It's the energy. I know I'm Jewish. I wear a Star David still oh, yeah. somewhere in here. You know, I don't give that up, but I don't shy away from a Christ conversation like I did growing up when it was like, you know, talk about that. Yeah. What I learned, religion is man-made. Christ was a Jew. Everybody was Jewish. He died. They started Christianity, Catholicism. He branched into Lutheran and Protestant because one wanted a divorce. It was just changing the rules. Mm-hmm. Spirituality just is. There is, there's no rule. It's the stars. It's the moon. It's the synchronicity. It's somebody telling you about me to put me on your show. It's, it's the motion of the waves and the ocean and the sun coming up every day. The the synchronicity of life like Dr. Carl Jung first described when he was on a train and watched the dolphins come out of the ocean and sink. That's where it all starts. Mm -hmm. So I became more aware of the butterflies or birds or my connection to the universe and different people's emotions, attitudes, the dark, the light. I see it in a way a lot of people don't because I operate at a very high frequency that I have to learn to stay in my body at the same time. It's difficult. Mm.
0: Well, I noticed you're a high energy person just in general. Do you feel like that you are also just kind of generally a high energy person? I'm not... I've
1: always had a high energy, but not like once I became psychic. Totally different. Totally different. It's a whole different evolution. It's like I would tell people years ago, like the bumper cars at the pier. You know, they're connected to this electrical charge and the cable. That's why I feel after the after the uh, white light experience, I was connected to the other side. So they're just kind of moving me around or if they want me as their pawn. Mm-hmm. But I'm their leader. I'm their. Te- I'm a teacher. I'm a speaker. I'm a healer. I didn't choose it. They, whatever's out there, chose me.
0: What are your thoughts on death? Do you fear death at all anymore?
1: I fear it because I don't want to die. But do I fear the other side? Not at all. After all the channeling I did, the testimonials I have, the pages and pages and pages of work I did for 22 years on radio, people submitting their testimonials after I would do 30, 40, 60 minutes, I dictated a suicide note. I dictated a spaghetti sauce Hmm. recipe i did all this stuff oh wow i have one gal gal a woman in uh illinois she called the show one night and she said why did he die i said he committed suicide because the uh uh, his girlfriend went to his friend exactly what was in the suicide note Hmm. so the woman calls me off the air went back on the air i said i see Dumbo overalls and a basketball or something. She goes, I don't know what that means. I said, I don't know. She called back three weeks later. She found a photograph of her son. His name was Jeff, and he was two years old, wearing overalls at his birthday party. Somebody given a a Dumbo the flying uh, elephant as a toy, and um, there was either a baseball or a basketball. I have the photograph. She sent it to me to use when I publish my book. I have permission, so I would get specific details from the other side mm-hmm. to yeah. give people comfort and closure. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I don't do it anymore. Yeah, it's it. There's a beautiful life. This is just the phase that we're in. Mm-hmm. We're here to learn lessons or get things right. Love unconditionally experience things, and then when it's our time, we go on.
0: Can you tell me a little more why you're not channeling anymore?
1: It got too dark. It drained me. My face changed, and everybody was like being a scarecrow, even being a psychic. Everybody wants a piece. So the straw, I was becoming depleted. Um, after my mom died 12 years ago, I didn't want to go there anymore. I didn't want to see my mom, although I did hear her three months ago. I let her in. And um, it just got to the point after 22 years channeling hundreds and hundreds of people, it was a drain on my system. I was exhausted. I am so empathic. Examples, one time I didn't sleep for two days. And when my client called and said, you know, I don't know if I can do this. I'm so tired. I haven't slept. Oh, my husband had sleep apnea. Every time I was vomiting before a session, I said, I really don't feel of an upset stomach. Oh, my friend who I want to channel had stomach cancer. Mm-hmm. Another one, I had a headache. Oh, he died of a brain aneurysm. I pick up the symptoms or the cause of death to the point, I want to live a more normal life, whatever that means.
0: Mm-hmm. So you actually, I, I'm sorry, you actually experience the symptoms yourself.
1: Yep. They come right in. I just inhale it. I become them. Hmm. Their face, my face would become their face. Their expressions, the words. How do I channel a suicide note from the other side? Wow! If I'm here, how did I know the guy hung himself because his girlfriend ended up with his friend? How did I know that? It's all documented. Got books and books and books and pages and pages. I just haven't. I'm not have the editor, and I just haven't published. But I've got all these records from the 90s and early 2000s. I was doing it long before the internet.
0: Now, this podcast will most likely be on different Facebook pages. And some people who are watching this podcast may have recently had an NDE themselves. Right? What kind of advice would you give to somebody who just recently had an NDE and is not sure what to do?
1: Not to be afraid to speak up. Reach out to somebody who's been there for comfort assurance that they're not crazy or losing it because nobody was there in 1981 to tell me, oh, that's normal or you're okay. When I was seeing the, the therapist at UCLA, I said, I think God put me on that plane. He goes, God? What did God have to do with it? Well, mm-hmm. everything, right? Because my whole life has become spiritual and God and this huge universal energy. Mm-hmm. If somebody's watching this I'm available to help. Any of the people you've ever interviewed, I'm sure, is available to help. Um, it's not as taboo as it once was, but people are still frightened to admit it because they think they're nuts or it didn't really happen or what would they others think if they heard. Judgment is a big one that people are still frightened of being judged. Question is, How would you get involved with all the NDEs? Why did you pick that topic from your background? Where did the near-death experiences fascinate you? How come you wanted all this? Did you have one?
0: No, actually, I haven't. I just used to listen to the coast to coast program. I would. I also used to be a musician. Well, I guess I still play, but I used to play out two or three nights a week, and I would come home at you know, one, two, three in the morning, and I would listen to that on the on the radio right. and all that right overnight. I'll talk and, I've, and yep. I've developed an interest.
1: Well, here you are. And now you're I part am. of it. Yeah. I here. was on coast to coast about nine times with George mm-hmm. Nuri. I did all that. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Let me ask you this. Are you ever able to prophesize and have you done any, have you had any prophecies yeah. that have come true?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've, 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 I've predicted people's, Marriages, love, life, if you're asking me on a planetary level, politics, yes, I predicted Clinton's re-election, I predicted Obama's election, Um, I predicted kind of what's, I will say this, when Trump was elected, the first thing I did was I was walking down the stairs, I called my father, I said, I see concentration camps, Mm. and that's all I'm going to say now, because we're in the middle of COVID.
0: Right.
1: I don't want to get into it. That's okay. But I think people know. And that was 2016. So four or five years ago, right? And now we're coming into it. Um,
0: Have you seen anything else that hasn't come to pass yet?
1: I don't do like Nostradamus or mm-hmm. Edgar Casey right. big evolutionary predictions. I had... One that scared me in 1993. I too was a singer songwriter, mm-hmm. played guitar. There's a book years ago, Correlating Music with Medicine. Mm-hmm. Don't remember the name of it. Played guitar. I ran from two record deals in my time in 1982 and 94. And one night I was writing a song about the city being on fire and burning. And three weeks later, we had the riots, and LA was on fire. And I said then, no more. I don't want to know. I don't want the responsibility of the mass predictions. I don't want to talk like that. I will help people with love, money, career, their path, their opening to God, spirituality, their pets, communication. I don't even want to talk to like their dead father, mother, lover. I don't want that anymore. Right. Been there, done that. But I will help. On a smaller level, more intimate level. But I will also admit all of what you're questioning is real. Well.
0: Do you know about the ascension that people talk about? And do you yeah. have an, what is your opinion on that?
1: Yeah, that we're growing and that we're going into the new world, the new age. That's what the whole COVID thing is. It's it's it, the ascension, is we're going into a higher frequency of vibration and that. If you want to talk about the Palladians, you want to talk about the aliens, you want to talk about the invasions, all of that is part of the ascension as we as uh, humans are evolving and our consciousness and, and our sensitivities and our intuitiveness. People confuse intuition with psychics, not the same. Everybody's intuitive, but not everybody's psychic. And that's where a lot of people get confused with their, quote, gift or ability to see, feel, think. Um, the ascension is hopefully where the planet's going to heal from all of this chaotic trouble we've been seeing, whether it's money, race, division, political. There's so many aspects that are going on when I believe Earth is a warrior planet. I don't think we're ever going to see peace on this planet. Mm -hmm. I believe Our job as humans and as spiritual people, from the other side, we're being taught to love unconditionally the best we can and bring heaven on earth for ourselves. It has to start with the individual, and then it can go to the family, and then the community, and then maybe the country. we got to start within, and that's the ascension as we evolve our consciousness to see that there's more than our self-obsessiveness.
0: Do you think individually um, we reincarnate over and over till we've got yep. until we've got something right and then we go on to somewhere else?
1: Absolutely. I used to talk about that on my show all the time. Um, we reincarnate time and time again to get it right and then we still come back. People go I don't want to come back. I mean we've had hundreds of lifetimes, all of us. Mm-hmm. I'm 67 now. I was four, maybe. I witnessed two planes collide in midair, and then 23 years later, I was in a plane crash. What's the probability of that? I remember around four when my dad was pointing to the sky and showed me the constellations, and I remember thinking, oh, here I am again. I had the conscious thought of recognizing the universe, the sky. had not seen it or equated it at that point of being a little girl. Mm-hmm. right so I think I was in eighth grade we were studying World War II Nazis and all that with the camps and I in those days teachers had rulers and I was in the front row over by the window and we were studying something I'm getting real fidgety and the teacher takes a ruler and she goes Linda what is it I stood up and I said I don't remember this mm-hmm. <laughs> She looked at me, but I couldn't think it through. I feel like I knew Zeus when I read mythology. It's like, oh, hi. A lot of recall. Mm -hmm. But there was something about this history class. I couldn't connect the dots. Mm -hmm. We definitely reincarnate. There are no accidents. Everything happens for a reason. We choose our parents to learn lessons. It's soulmates. All that's real.
0: So you mentioned about Pleiadians and other people coming here. Can you tell me more about that?
1: Barbara Marciniak is probably the one to talk to about that. because She wrote the book on the Pleiadians, which are from different galaxies that come here to help. And the theory is, in part, that in our sleep, we're being programmed spiritually by the Pleiadians, and they're here to help. I'm not big on UFOs. I'm not a MUFON. I, I, I don't know enough Do I believe in it? Yes. Have I seen things in the sky where I thought might be extraterrestrial? Absolutely. Mm. Can I identify it? No. Have I been abducted? No. But I know people who claim that they have. Mm. Um, It's no secret. People have assumed President Kennedy was shot because he knew so much about the UFO invasions. It's coming more... There's a dominant conversation now where there's not as much secrecy around it but it's still not quite out in the open to admit it but there's more sightings and with today's technology um, I believe planet Earth isn't going to be as alone as we always thought yeah
0: uh, with
1: invasions of yeah extraterrestrials yeah
0: do you know of star seeds? And if you mm-hmm. do, what is your opinion on star seeds?
1: I'm a star seed. You're a star seed. You wouldn't be doing this if you weren't. So each generation has its own, like the star people, the star seed come from a different galaxy. We're born in human form. We have the heightened awareness, psychic, spiritual awakenings, or whatever in our lifetime but each generation has their own. So you got the crystal kids, the indigo kids, you know, they've all got different labels throughout the generations, but mm-hmm. the star seed apparently come from the universe in a different galaxy and evolved. Most of the people in the baby boomer generation, like myself, were considered star seed. Brad Steiger was the number one author on all that years ago. Um Now indigo and all the different, Crystal kids, they're all on different levels, but it's all more or less the same through time's evolution. Here to help, bring peace, calm it down, unconditional love, awaken. The people like Edgar Casey, who was the sleeping prophet or Nostradamus five, six hundred years ago, those kind of seers, psychics, they're very, very few and far between. But the star seed. You're one because you got into medicine to help, you evolved, you expressed with music, but now the star seed in you is to be the teacher or to make people aware through the medium like YouTube and, and Twitch and all these other, Facebook and you know all the different channels we have. We didn't have this 15 years ago.
0: Now, when you're saying me, but are, are you? Are you? No, saying you it?
1: personally, Jeff. I oh, read you. Okay. I can read. No, you're part of it. Okay. You're not.
0: I'm just different. making. Um, I'm just making sure <laughs> not everybody's a star seed, or is every, or everybody is.
1: No. No. Absolutely okay. not. No, it's impossible. There'd be so much collision and different types of chaos if everybody was. No, no. Mm-hmm. But because you have this draw affinity. You're being pushed into this topic, especially with near death, to go beyond the dimension you and I live in. We live in three dimensions, but Mm -hmm. there's four and five and six dimensions. Mm -hmm. As a medium, I break through the dimension. And I used to say, if heaven is so far away, how can I hear dead people talking to me? All it is is right here on the right side of my brain, something got hot, and it was like a little tunnel, and I just start talking, and I would just communicate my what have I heard? And out came suicide notes and spaghetti Mm -hmm. sauce and Mm -hmm. sleep apnea and the love life or whatever was supposed to come through. But spirits are around us constantly. So even though we have a near death and we see God or we see a relative or we see a friend who passed or we see angels or whatever we individually experience Through the experience, everybody's different. Mm -hmm. But we're taught to go to the next level to teach more, to let others know it's real. Because there's people on such a low level, they have no concept. They don't. That's why half of them, like the mentally ill that are homeless on the street versus somebody who's, somebody could be a multi, multi, multi multi-millionaire and still be stuck spiritually. Our job, my job, is to help people Integrate the mind, body, spirit. See the mental, the physical, the spiritual, and emotional. All
0: right. It seems like you've served humanity in one capacity, but now you're moving on to something else. What are you moving on to?
1: It's interesting. Um, I got into radio in nineteen ninety four, FM radio. I was chosen out of three hundred psychics here. Now I could do the nighttime drive. And from there, one of the creative directors helped me produce my own show on AM. Then I went to FM. Then I went to cable. Then I went back to FM. Then I was in 400 markets, syndicated. Then FM went off the air. Then I was doing internet. Then I did TV shows. Then I got tired. Then I started up again. I'm at a point now, as I mentioned before we get on there, I started a candle magic line in 1999. I got trained with a Santerian priest. To help people make more money, get rid of bad luck, health issues, love, legal, whatever. And I created what's called Wix of Wisdom. I'm at a point now, after 24 years, and all the testimonies I have on helping people through magic, I want to sell that company and license it. And I want to do my writing. It's time to get the book out. It's time. I have scripts on my experience. I'm going to go more creative again. Mm-hmm. I don't mind helping people, but i done it a long time. Mm-hmm. I have another path. Mm-hmm. I want to pass the baton. Mm-hmm. I'll probably go back on the air. I am building my radio station again online and the YouTube. I'll do that for a while. But is it my ultimate goal? No, I want to retire and enjoy whatever's left. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I have energy, yeah, but I've done a lot. Yeah.
0: Can you tell me more about the candle magic, like what you actually do?
1: I didn't believe in it until it happened. I uh, In the 80s, I would try different formulas and think, oh, wow, this is going to work. And nothing ever happened. But there was a time, there was a guy in my life, and I wanted him to become a little more emotive. Because guys, <laughs> as you know, don't quite express as we gals do, right? Oh, yes. So I tried a few different things, didn't work. Somebody told me to go to this candle place and I did it. And he started opening up in such a way. It's like, how do you make him stop? Uh So I met this man in downtown LA and he trained me. I said, why are you going to train me? He goes, well, one, you're on radio and you're helping people, but you're going to buy from me. 24 years later, I'm still his customer. He's Mm -hmm. helped me through tons of things. I learned formulas. There are Essential oils with certain herbs and powders. And then there's what's called a petition. In Kabbalah, I took Santeria and Kabbalah and combined them. I took away the occult. So it's not Wicca, pagan, Santeria. It's none of that. So it's just mainstream for people. In Kabbalah, the candle represents the soul of man. You light the wick it becomes the flame which is light which is god so you have this vessel candle we have petitions which i will not discuss until people pay for it because that's the secret and it Mm -hmm. gets burned in the flame Mm -hmm. so you're giving your wish to god and things happen i've seen people get I, I had one girl go from homeless to an Academy Award. I knew so I had a client that was working for Trump. I had a girl that was bleeding vaginally, didn't want a hysterectomy, had tumors. Her husband did the candles, the health and wellness. She stopped. It's all mine. I got people pregnant where infertility drugs didn't help. I've helped people sell properties in a dead market. I've had people get married. They found their soulmate after seven, eight, nine sets of candles. I actually performed the wedding on one couple because I'm a minister. So I think she burned candles in 07 and the wedding was 08. It's all online. It's all documented. I don't make anything up. I've got pages and pages and pages of testimony. I still sell them. Somebody needs a job. They want good luck. There's blocks and obstacles. Sometimes you feel you're stuck like a little black cloud. You've got to bust through it. I help remove that. I call it schmutz. It's just schmutz to clear the path.
0: Wow, that's interesting. Had, yeah, it's all online. Did you do any more magic for yourself after the sky?
1: Oh, yeah, I do it all the time. huh what yeah, you- I, mean, I I don't just sell them, I work them. Mm. If my company or business is down a little, I just light it and I've got more business I know what to do with. If somebody's really giving me a hard time, I know how to shut them up. Mm. Mm. If I have a health issue, I can fix it. If I have... Um, anxiety, or if there's too much static going on, I have what's called harmony power and the balance, harmony and unconditional love takes over. Every formula, think of baking, Mm -hmm. you know, you got chocolate chip cookies, banana bread and pumpkin pie, they're three desserts, three different vessels or pots and pans, different ingredients to equal the dessert. But you follow the formula and you have the banana bread or the chocolate cookies or the pumpkin pie. Same thing on Candle Magic. There's formulas of oils. I have 22 different formulas for 22 different kinds of effects.
0: Mm. Did you come up with these formulas yourself? No, I was trained. I Mm.
1: was trained in 1999 and then from what I learned, I evolved the line and I've upsold along with my practice all these years, and now I'm coming to a point, I'm talking to two or three people for potentially selling the brand, licensing, and letting somebody else make it what it's supposed to be. I need to let it go because I have other things to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I could see that becoming like big.
1: It's huge. The Potential is huge. I just don't know that I'm at the point in my life where I want the responsibility of like, You know, 150 employees, and Mm -hmm. I I don't want it. I've had my crew, I've been there. It's time for someone else to take it to the next step.
0: What is your opinion on stuff like lucid dreaming or, you know, getting downloads in your dreams and stuff like
1: that? That's kind of like with Barbara Masiniak and being programmed. Lucid dreaming is um, very real. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we are with our old boyfriend or girlfriend or parent. Or we are having angel visitations. It's not really a dream. It's not just our subconscious. We're really visiting the spirit. I also believe that we're after projecting in our sleep. So we're leaving our body. The soul goes to Japan or Paris or out there in the ethers. and Mm -hmm. We either have sex or communication or conversations. Who knows what. Gain knowledge. Come back. A lot of the times when the re entry of the body, you're shaking, and sometimes you wake up in the middle of the re entry, uh, which can be frightening if you're not aware of it. But the lucid dreaming, where sometimes I'm sure you've awakened you, and you look at the pillow and you're not there, but you could almost touch it. It's real because you mm. were with them spiritually out of body. Mm. I've had a lot of astral travel. It's not, they call it lucid dreaming because they have to have a title but are we actually leaving and connecting with someone else's soul? I definitely believe so.
0: Do you think things are already played out? Like, for example, if when you see the future, do you think all, all history is already played out to some extent yeah. and that we just somehow yeah. tap into it?
1: Yeah, I do. I became aware of that at one point. Like Stephen King. Where does he come up with some of these most bizarre science fiction books? I think he he lived it. A lot of what we read, and I'm getting chills as I say it, and chills a lot of time is confirmation of spirits so something's around going, yeah, 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 right? I don't know what generation or what century or what country or what entity, but his knowledge or his technique or the stories that any script writer tells, if it's fiction, nonfiction, comes from somewhere. We look at architecture and in 2021 here in LA, a lot of the Mediterranean architecture is also very ancient from early Roman or Mediterranean days. That's recycled again, but more modern or I think most people who tune into you already know there's a I've been here before kind of thing. Or, oh, yeah, I identify with what he's saying or she's mm-hmm. saying because the soul knows. The soul has memory. Mm-hmm. We may not consciously remember. It's like seeing a soulmate. You recognize the eyes or the voice or something about that person you just love and can't stop thinking about. Or detest where you never want to see him again, because the soul knows. I think the 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 gift of discernment is stronger now. And that's all part of the ascension that we're in alignment with our path and our truth. It's the new spirituality, it's the new way of living to really be in touch.
0: I feel like maybe spirituality is coming back or something. It was like kind of hot in the 90s, late Yeah, 90s. it has
1: its phases. It, like it, it's, it's hot and cold. You know, like in the 60s when I was growing up and it was acid and, and dropping out to drop in or whatever the Timothy Leary Larry talked about, you know, we were all awakening because our parents that were post-war babies or we were post-war and they came through World War II, but we became the generation of, you know, open up, talk about your feelings. It's more than just success. Then it got kind of quiet. And then the eighties for a while became very big hair and very material and the yuppies and everybody had to be something big. And then you get to a point where we had AIDS And that scared a lot of people, and it made people reconsider what was going on with disease and socialization. Then in the 90s, when I was on the radio from 94 to 2009, in the late 90s, I used to say we are now experiencing one of the most spiritual decades of the millennium, which was true. And now into the 2000s, back then, I used to predict and I used to say the first 10 to 12 years of the new millennium, meaning the 20s, was going to be some of the most difficult years we've ever experienced. Now we're 2021 and we're, we went from the first 10-15 years, it was bumpy. Now we're in the second decade and it's the transformation. We're all being forced to grow, look, understand, question. It's the whole movement. But I don't know if there's the families that own and run the planet, how much is actually programmed. Like, okay, in 2021, we're going to do this. I personally don't know. I've become more of a fatalist rather than an opportunist. Um, When opportunity comes, yes, I evaluate it. Mm -hmm. But after the plane crash... And I really started to see how God worked in my life, whatever that was, because I didn't know what to do with everything that was happening. So, okay, what do you want me to do? I didn't know who I was talking to. I just knew there was something out there that saved me and got me on this other path. And I just sort of like let each day unfold, deal with problems and issues the best I could. But try to figure out the flow for me. And I think that's what most people are doing now is finding their flow in this tapestry of life.
0: All right. Well, I need to switch gears on you. What is your website?
1: Lindasalvin.com is and Victor I N.com. All right. And it's all there. Are you on it?
0: Are you on any other social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter?
1: Facebook is Linda Salvin and Dr. Linda Salvin and Wix of Wisdom. It's all there, three or four different walls, pages, whatever they're called. Mm -hmm. Instagram is Dr. Linda PhD. Mm -hmm. Twitter is Psychic Dr. Linda. Mm -hmm. Indeed is, I mean, not Indeed, LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I think it's just Linda Salvin. You put Linda Salvin and it'll pop up somewhere.
0: Okay, great. You mentioned earlier that you're willing to help people. So if they like Mm -hmm. message you on Facebook. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, They book an appointment. I don't just give free. Everybody wants it for free. They have one question. They've all got one question. The whole world has one question, right? (laughs) You book an appointment. This is my living. I've been doing it for over 30 years as a psychic, a healer, a medium. I don't want to say I'm a working medium at the moment, candle magic, spiritual growth. Yeah, it's a, that's my job. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, before we wrap it up here, do you have one last message that you can share with the audience?
1: The one last thing I would say, Jeff, is turn the fear into faith. I've learned that the will of God will never leave me where the grace of God cannot keep me. So no, no matter how much chaos, upset, anxiety, fear, and I have a lot. When I get back to the moment, it's all okay. I'm still here. I'm not sick. I might get overwhelmed. I get technically challenged. But my heart's full of love. I see butterflies, I see birds, you know, I'm aware of my surroundings and not just so tunnel vision that there's a self-obsessed monetary goal. It's not, it's universal. It's to be a part of and not where I used to think I was nothing. We're all part of it. Just like the background of your, of your monitor here, you know, you've got the universe, we're all part of it.
0: All right. Well, thank you for that message. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you being on my podcast. And hey, once you get your book published, let's get you back (laughs) on and talk about your book.
1: And once I'm back on, I'll have you on as a guest.
0: That would be awesome.
1: Okay. Thanks Uh, a lot, Jeff.
0: Good luck. Thank you. And have a good night, Dr. Linda.
1: You too. Bye
0: bye. Bye bye. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast.